Hey, Redeem family, I hope you're having a wonderful weekend on this Memorial Day weekend. I also want to just thank all who served and in particular honor those who gave their lives for us. We're so thankful for you. And so we just want to honor you on this Memorial Day weekend. And I also hope that you're spending some time just relaxing, spending time with family, but also reflecting. It's so important on these long weekends to just spend time reflecting. And so that's what we're going to do today as we jump into the Word of God. You know, today we are continuing our series and looking at John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And Jesus' important words in, as he gives us our final instructions on how to interact with the world before he leaves the earth. For those of you who I've not met, my name's Kurt, and I am the lead pastor here at Redeem. And this is one of those sermons that's just going to hit me, and I hope that it hits you as well. But all pastors, when they're up on stage, they're preaching to themselves, just FYI. They, we all need to hear this message. I was so excited to jump in on this, but this one in particular hits home for me, and I hope it's a challenge for you. This is uh, the sermon series that we're in called Updating Our Operating System. And again, we're looking at John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And the goal of this sermon is to not look at the external or the hardware of a church. So as you know, our church is looking at the things like a building and staffing and programs that we're running. But also it's about the internal, the software, right? The thing that the systems that need to be updated in each one of us, in each believer. We believe that as we become healthier on the inside and we update our individual operating systems, that we will actually see major impact happening in our communities. As we start to listen to God more, as we understand what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works, we will ultimately impact our families and our friends and our neighborhoods. And that's what matters so much during this time. Now, there's small updates and there's major updates, right? With the iPhone, right? When you get your iPhone and you get an update, you never know which one it's going to be. A small one is you kind of update it and you're like, I don't know what really changed. And that's totally good. And then there's the major updates where you actually update something and it changes the whole platform. This is one of those updates. At least it is for me. Because today we're going to talk about judging. We're going to talk about judging. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about judging. And, and we're going to look at it from the lens of how is it keeping you from your purpose? How is judging keeping you from your purpose? How is it keeping you from fulfilling the mission that God has individually given you? So I'm going to share a little secret about me. And, uh, and, and, and one of the games that we like to play when we're in a group setting is we like to play this game where we ask the question, what's something that you would love to try, but you are too scared to ever do it? Think about that. What's something that you would love to try, but you're too scared to actually do it? So whenever we play this game, the, the classic ones get answered, right? Skydiving, scuba diving, bungee jumping. I'm also scared of all three of those. But mine, the thing that I would love to do, but I'm too scared to do it, I would love to try my hand at being a stand-up comedian. It's something that I've always wanted to do. You know, there's open mics. I totally get it. I would love to do it. And I would love to just try open night one time as a stand-up comedian. Now, this was your first test because you probably had a lot of judgmental thoughts right there. Like, oh man, Kurt thinks he's funny. That would be brutal. But that is something that I would love to do. And so one of the things that I love to do is listen to comedians 
on how they build and, and, and build their act, right? And so I was listening to this podcast one time with Jerry Seinfeld, one of the great comedians, and he basically summed it up like this. To be funny, you just have to be more angry and more annoyed at normal things than the average person, which I thought was really, really great, right? You have to be more angry and more annoyed than the average person. For me, that really sums me up sometimes, right? I hide behind my humor, but I really have been realizing that in the last couple years that I've been really been convicted that my humor is often that I'm judging people or I'm making fun of people or at the expense of someone else. So I don't know where you are, but that might be speaking to you right here. You know, uh, one of the things that I've done is I've had an accountability partner. Now it's kind of built in for me because my wife is the best at this. Meg sets the pace for our family on judging others and talking negatively about others. She's always reminding us that judgment comes back to you. That judgment comes back to you. She reminds me and the kids all the time of Luke 6, 37. And Luke 6, 37 says, Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Those are Jesus' words about judgment, right? Matter of fact, she makes the kids, and probably more often me than the kids, um, she, she makes us, whenever we say something judgmental or negative about somebody, we have to say three things, uh, three positive things of how God made that person. And we have to speak life into that because she knows that it's so important that we change our hearts and that we really engage and we really don't get judgmental hearts or negative hearts. Now, what does this look like for you? I would say that there's a meter, right? A judgmental meter. Some of us, like myself, might be on this, this side, the really judgmental and need to work on it. Some of us have seen a ton of healing in this, but there's still, I'm sure, things that we could get better at. And so I want you to think, where are you on, on that judgmental meter? Now, as we always say, we live on what we call planet crazy, right? As less people around us attend church, as less people around us live out biblical values, as it gets more okay to scroll through your Facebook or your Instagram or your TikTok and make those micro judgments about people, right? You know what I'm talking about. As it becomes socially acceptable to cancel anyone that you don't align with 100%, judgment and judgmental attitudes is so much easier now than ever before. Matter of fact, it's unchecked in some ways, in, in churches even, it's unchecked, but it really does keep us from the purpose that God wants us to do to engage the world. And I want you all to hear that. Now, we do live on this planet and it is gonna be you know, what it is, but I want us to look at what our role is and what the Holy Spirit's role is because it's very important to understand those two things. Now, for the purpose of this sermon, as we kind of build this up, I'm really focusing on how judging keeps us from living out our purpose, but I'm also looking at judgment as far as those outside of the church. Inside of the church, I do want to challenge us to continue to grow in not judging, but understand that part of our work as a Christian community is to speak truth and to make sure that we are calling our brothers and sisters to live above board when it comes to sin, right? When it comes to sin. We see that in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul is actually talking about 
the church, talking to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about the sexual immorality that has happened in the church. And so he's actually talking about what to do with it and how to deal with it. At the end of the chapter, in verse 12 and 13, he says this, uh, verse 12 and 13, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Of course we need to hold ourselves accountable when it comes to sin in the church, and you see that in 1 Corinthians 5. But I still want to challenge us that we are all making these micro-judgments that does something to our heart, outside the church and inside the church. Just tonight, you, you might have, or just today, you might have made some judgments about me, right? You might have been like, oh man, Kurt in that sweater. Well, I kind of like this sweater. It's, it's a pretty classic sweater. But you might be making it. You might be saying, oh, Kurt and the way he talks, or Kurt doesn't entertain me as much. There's all kinds of judgments that we're making real time, uh, even as you're watching this, right? And we do it all the time when we enter into a church as well, right? We think about other people that are there. We think about what other people are wearing. We think about, and so judgmental heart is so common, but it's something that God clearly wants to check in us. So again, during the sermon, I'm just looking outside the church because we're looking at how did Jesus tell us to engage the world? So as we jump into John 16 from these passages, we'll see that the Holy Spirit's role is actually to convict the world of sin. We'll take a look at what our role then is. And, but before we go there, I want to really look at a few things that, uh, w- w- a few reasons why we might be judging or might come natural to us, okay? I'm sure you've all heard this before, but judging really doesn't affect the other person. It affects us, right? Judging, we feel like it affects the other person, but it really affects us. When we make a judgment, we gossip, we talk negative about people. It's more about us than others, right? And what we often see is that when we, when we kind of put, when we judge, we're kind of putting this, these walls around us, right? We're putting these walls of protection around us. We're also building these walls that may keep us from fully stepping into God's purpose and mission into our life. We might be building these walls to protect us from getting hurt or really or, 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 or we might be building these walls to not have to do the hard work, right? But Jesus wants to break through those walls and he wants us to engage the world like never before. So here's a couple things as I was thinking about judging that, uh, that, that came to mind when we think about oftentimes when we judge someone. Sometimes we judge because it brings out hidden feelings or insecurities about us, right? Sometimes when we judge someone for their actions or their personality, we realize that we do the same thing or we have the ability to do the same thing, right? And sometimes we do it to tear down the person so that we feel better about ourselves because that, the insecurity is there. And that's oftentimes when I find myself judging. When I'm insecure, I oftentimes project judgment on other people who might be, have a better life or might, be, uh, or might be, uh, have a more peaceful life or a better job or might have more friends or whatever that looks like. I start to place judgments on them. Sometimes we judge just honestly because it feels good, right? Sometimes it just feels good to judge. Sometimes we're just in a bad mood and we're just placing judgment on people. Sometimes we judge because of ways we were raised or past experiences that we might have had. So important for us to think through and reflect on that. Maybe there's a personality type or a certain neighborhood or area that, 
you, you, we don't even realize that we're judging, but we just kind of always have real, realized that that's just, um, we're just taught that maybe that's not an area we're supposed to go in or, or a person that we just kind of always have had a hard time with, right? We don't want to really build those walls and keep God from moving in a real way. And I'm afraid that sometimes judgmental hearts does that. It doesn't matter why you find yourself judging the outside world. Let's all admit that at some point or at some, uh, in some ways or at some level, we do this. So let's look at what God says about this. And let's look at how we can break some of this to fully step into God's purpose and new operating system. So before we jump into John 16, I keep saying we're going to go there. But before we do there, that let's look at what the Bible says about judging. And it's going to be three verses. And uh, many of them you might be familiar to you, but I want to make sure that we hear them with fresh ears. Whenever we hear the word of God, it's so important to let it set into our heart. So Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly and remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now let's jump into James 4.12. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who, who are you to judge your neighbor? And then Romans 2, 1 through 3. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment, uh, that, that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same thing, you, do you think you will escape God's judgment? This is really powerful stuff. And you're probably saying, okay, Kurt, I get it. We're not supposed to judge. But what do we do when we live on this planet crazy, right? There's so much sin. There are so many people making bad choices. There are so many people not fitting into our worldview, right? It's hard not to be judgmental. Here's where we update the operating system though. And this is a radical new way that we engage with the world. So I've asked this question a couple times, but really ask yourself right now after those three verses, is judging keeping me from fully living out God's promise? Is it some wall that we build up to keep us from God's, God's, sorry, God's purpose? So I want to share a story. Um, Last Friday, I was out with uh, three guys, and we were uh, going into some homeless encampments in, um, in, in Tacoma area. And, uh, and this, these are places that are really, really tough, and it, it's hard to see people that don't currently have a home. And we went there to minister and to deliver some sleeping bags and to pray for people. And, the, and, and this, these are places that, just to be honest with you, my judgment has kept me out before, Right? This is not a place that I would normally go. This is not a place I would go on a Friday night, right? And my, my preconceived notions of what it was going to be like really kept me out of, out of there. Now, 
I'm going to break down what happened at the camp because I think it kind of helps us see how we interact with the world, even in some of the hardest places. But I also want you to make sure that, you know, not everyone's going to be called to go into uh, homeless encampments. And, uh, and, and it's a challenging life. And, and those that are called to do it should, but it's really that, you know, you need to take safety measures and all that stuff. But I want you to ask, where is that for you as we look at John 16? Where is it that you may never want to go? Or where is it that maybe, who is that person that you may never want to talk to? And maybe God wants to do something through you in those areas. So John 16, 5 through 11, let's jump in. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Hallelujah on that one, right? So what do we see in this passage? We actually see because of the Holy Spirit, we now have an advocate who is convicting the world of sin. We now have an advocate who is convicting the world of sin. It's not our job to be the convictor. The Holy Spirit is actually coming down and partnering with us. I want to ask you how many times we prayed for a situation or a person and we really gave it up to God and the Holy Spirit to prove them wrong about their sin. Or instead, do we place judgment and do we talk and do we gossip about that person? We know that they're living in sin. We know that they're not living their full purpose in God. But instead of just praying and saying, Holy Spirit, will you convict them of what they're doing that we, is so against you? But instead, we go and we gossip or we talk or we talk negative about people. And we don't just let the Holy Spirit do what he does and what he's meant to do. Jesus is saying it right here. It's actually good that he's going away because our advocate comes and it takes the pressure off us. It convicts the whole world of sin. It convicts me of my sin, right? It convicts you of your sin. It convicts everyone of their sin. He, it comes, off, he comes down and he's in, it allows us to enter into uh, situations with grace and truth and love, right? not our job to convict. It's our job to give grace and truth and love. Now, coming back to the story in the homeless encampment, we saw things and you see things when you're in there that shouldn't be happening. They should not be happening. Just to be honest, we saw drugs. We saw breakdowns. We saw people living in their own trash. But we also realized that the Holy Spirit was moving. As we talked and prayed with people, they knew that they weren't living their best life. They knew that they had fallen into sin. They knew that they had brokenness that was unresolved. We were able to talk to them, not in a convicting way, because the Holy Spirit was moving. We we're able to talk about the life that God really had for them, right? And it's so much different when that happens. They know it, and we're able to speak truth because we prayed and the Holy Spirit was moving. Now let's look at these really important concepts of the Holy Spirit in verse 9 through 11 again. Verse 9, about sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, 
because the prince of this world now stands condemned. It's clear that the Holy Spirit will help us carry out our mission in this world to share the gospel and make disciples. That's our mission. And the Holy Spirit's here to help us with that, right? In these verses, what's so cool is that as Jesus is laying it out, he's told us about the Holy Spirit before, but now he's talking about Holy Spirit coming alongside us and moving and attacking with us. This is an attack move, right? He's coming down and he's joining us in the mission. He joins us with us in inwardly persuading the hearts of its hearers and strengthening our witness. That's what's happening. That's why it's so important. Now the work he does is clear in verse 9. The Spirit reveals people's sins and teaches them the way of God. He helps people see that because of Jesus' sacrifice, if they believe their sins, if they confess their sins, it doesn't lead to death. So then we go to verse 10. And we speak the words, and the Spirit helps people understand how, because of Jesus, they can now have a right standing with God, right? They now, now Jesus is left, and now the Holy Spirit helps them understand how they can have a right standing with God. And then ultimately, because of Jesus' sacrifice, the prince of this world now stands condemned. We get to operate now in the power that the prince of this world now stands condemned. We have authority in the Holy Spirit, or through the Holy Spirit, to change this planet crazy, right? We have, we have the authority and we have the power. We have to understand that we have the authority, then we have to use the power because we get the power because the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of its sin. So, we already looked at how, uh, how judgment might be keeping us from stepping into the purposes and going to the places that God has for us. He's also, uh, we also see how we understand that, the, that Jesus leaves and the advocate stays with us to convict the world of its sin. So what next? Now let's look at John 16, 12 through 15. I have, uh, Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can ever bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive that. Uh, sorry, uh, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. We now have a guide that leads us into all truth. As we engage this world, we have to now understand that, that we have the spirit of truth with us. That we have the spirit of truth with us. And a couple of things that I was thinking about when I read these, these verses. Number one, it says, like I said, he guides us into truth. Are we open to receiving that? Are we even asking for that? Are we spending time in the word and asking the spirit of truth to bring understanding? Are, are we willing to be guided into what we're supposed to do? Are we willing to be guided into what we're supposed to do? Are we asking for words of knowledge in our daily life to deliver to people so that they can understand that the Father loves them? As we share the gospel, are we asking the Lord to lead us into all truth? Now, number two, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. We have to understand that the, the positioning of these things. You know, we saw in John 5, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about John 5, 
that says that Jesus only does what the Father, what he sees the Father doing. The Spirit only speaks what he hears. When we hear from the Spirit, we can have the confidence that he's speaking the words of the Father. How amazing is that? When I, when I was in the, the homeless encampment, we were praying for this guy. The Holy Spirit was convicting him and that, um, that this is not how he's supposed to live and, and that sin had overtaken him. And, and then the Spirit of truth revealed things about his life that we shouldn't have known, right? We were speaking life into him. The Father who cared so deeply about him was speaking through the Spirit um, who's, who was, because the Spirit can only speak what he hears, the Father, hears from the Father. So it's so important for us to understand that that we, we get to engage the, with this all authority and power, but we also get to just speak truth that we know comes from the Father. And he will tell you what is yet to come. Point number three, if we're going to be a church that's moving to do the works, like we've been talking about in this sermon series, we have to practice active listening of the Holy Spirit. And we have to, we have to work in the prophetic. We have to say, God, what are you trying to do? And we, we're doing this on a corporate and individual level. On a corporate level, we're saying, God, where do you want to take Redeemed Church? What do you want from us, right? What do you want us to do? Give us that. Help us, tell us of what you want us to do. And on an individual level, I want to challenge you all to do that as well. This is the power that Jesus wants to give, to give us and is promising us here in these verses. Now, point number three. It says, he will, glor- he will glorify Jesus. So verse 16, John 16, 14. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. It's so important that it says the Spirit will glorify Jesus, just like us. It's all meant to glorify Jesus. Look, we want to be a church uh, that is known for a few things. And you remember our four values, right? Boldly engaging our faith, living the bilingual faith of bringing heaven down to earth, earth, or like my son always prays, Jesus, help us to make earth a little bit more like heaven, which is one of the best prayers you can ever pray. Uh, we want to be a body of diversity, and we want to be a, 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 a built, we want to be building bridges to the broken. I hope you can see that we need to update our operating system and move from judgment to fully living out our purpose, understanding that the Spirit is moving and convicting the world into understanding sin and righteousness, and that we get to connect with the Spirit who is giving us truth to share what we need to share at the exact right time to the people that Jesus wants us to share. This is our mission. It's so important that we understand this at an individual level. This is what God wants. If we do this, I believe that as a church, we'll be living out our core values like we never have before. Again, it's not about programming. It's about, it's about the way that we all live. It's about activating and equipping each one of us to live out of this purpose. It's not the church doing the work. It's who is God speaking and calling each of you to engage? Who is God calling you and speaking to you to engage. We will be people who will see breakthrough when we do this. We'll see breakthrough in our families, with our friends, in our neighborhoods. Don't you see that the mission of God is not that Redeem attracts more Christians because we throw a better show. The mission is that people come to an understanding of Jesus Christ, that they're convicted of their sins, they 
understand truth, and they give their life to the Lord. And we get to be in that business. That's the family business that we're in. So look, it's about sharing God, the gospel in an authentic way with grace and truth. It's about discipling people to do likewise, or to, 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 to go and do likewise. It's about all of us doing the works. It's, it's, it's the question, is judgment keeping us from fully living out our purpose? So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray and ask God, is there any judgments or preconceived judgments that we have as individuals in our life that he wants to remove from us? So I'm just gonna pray and I'm actually gonna just hold my hands out here because I wanna receive. Heavenly Father, will you reveal in each one of us any way that judgment has, has made us build walls and kept us from walking into your purpose? Lord, the world is dying around us and yet we don't even engage because of some of these things that we have these judgments on it. Lord, will you help us engage it in a whole new world? Holy Spirit, will you move before us, convicting the world of the sin? And Lord, will you give us the right words at the right time to the right people? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we love you all. We will see you uh, either Saturday nights at OVBC or next week online.